Good morning. We're glad you're here to worship with us this morning at Broadway. Let's stand together as we begin our time. between us by the cross you came and broke them down you broke them down there were chains around us by your grace we are no longer bound no longer bound you called me out of the grave you called me into the light you called my name and then my heart came alive your love is greater love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me, your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Feel the darkness shaking. All the dead are coming back to life. I'm back to life. Hear the song awaken. All creation singing, we're alive. Cause you're alive. You called me out of the grave. You called me into the light. You called my name and then my heart came alive. Your love is greater. Love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. And what a love we found that can hold us down. We shouted out, We're alive, cause you're alive, and what a Shout it out, we're alive, cause you're alive, and what a love we found, death can hold us down. We shout it out, we're alive, cause you're alive. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens.
sing together. He's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break. His broken hearts declare his praise. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain. Of the world, his blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. So open up the gates. So open up the gates. Make way before the King of Peace. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power. Fighting our battles, every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Let's declare this together. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Stop the Lord Almighty. Who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was made.
Amen. You can be seated for a moment. excited that you've come to join us at our 1109 service. Uh, this is a, a great thing to see as uh, certainly our church being a part of this, and I know we have some guests out there as well. Uh, so we want to welcome you to Broadway Baptist. Uh, we are here to worship our risen King Jesus this morning. So uh, if you did, I hope you got and received a bulletin uh, when you walked in. Uh, there's lots of information going on, lots of stuff going on with the youth, so definitely check those things out. Lots of uh, great ministries here happening at Broadway, and if you are a guest, uh, please let us know that you did come, that you did uh, give us a visit. There's a tear-off tab that you can fill out and drop in the offering plate as it comes by this morning. Uh, I would like to read uh, to us a, a passage from Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, verses 1 through 3. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers... By the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's pray. And as we pray, would our ushers please come down for the offertory. Lord, we give thanks and praise to you this morning that we can gather to worship you, to be strengthened by the ministry of your word. Uh, Lord, we pray that our hearts would be ready to hear from your word, that our hearts would be sensitive, uh, that we would not harden our hearts to you and to your word. Lord, we pray for Daniel as he preaches your word. Uh, Lord, uh, it is something so important for us as we gather. So would we be ready to hear uh, would we be ready to worship with all of our lives, every aspect? Lord, from the times and moments in, in this building, gathered corporately as a church, Lord, but also uh, we, when we are the church that is scattered about, may we worship you in our lives, in everything we do. So God, we give we, you praise, uh, we give you glory, and may we live lives that honor you. May we live lives that, that show to the world the light uh, that show to the world that you are better than everything else, that you are better than anything this world could offer. You are better than any worldly uh, worldly uh, desire. Lord, you are better and you are greater, and we give you praise. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand as we continue to worship together. count on one thing the same God that never fails will not fail me now he won't fail me now in the waiting the same God who's never late is working all things out he's working all things out oh yes I will you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy. Oh, my. 
bad weather that was headed this way and it was, it was really looking rough and on, on that particular day the world stopped for a few moments here in our little corner of the world all I saw was darkness coming toward me and it, the ground was literally moving and I said to my wife you know get down and that's all we did we just got down and that thing rolled all the way around us my husband is his phone rang and from the look on his face um, when he received that phone call it was one of our best friends and that's a big hit see the two crosses up yonder were two victims weren't they two people died right there through there 20 more. Whew. Where I was at was where they were being, bringing the victims in. And uh, what really got to me was the uh, body bags, the lighter bags, the children. Um, that was... All of them moved you, but the children. The storm hit at like 2.30. At 7 o'clock p.m., we had the church open. We were setting up cots and food and water, blankets, towels. I mean, everything you can imagine started rolling into the church. This property became the focus of meeting the basic needs within um, an area that had been devastated by a storm. And we were operating for seven days a week, 24 hours a day, for the first seven, 10 days. A lot of people just didn't know that, uh, that Providence was out here, but um, they do now. On the third day of March, never have I witnessed the magnitude of the trauma and the tragedy that we witnessed that day. But we were all focused on that mission to meet the needs of the people of this community. Yeah, for uh, not for us, but for the glory of God. And look what God did in the healing, in the redemption, and in the restoration. Look what God did. a video there from on March 3rd a tornado hit East, East Alabama and it really shows Southern Baptist when we give the, our different mission offerings such as the, um, uh, the uh, Annie Armstrong offering for North American missions that goes what they call sin relief which goes to help those type of ministries that was in Beauregard Alabama so it was encouraging to see a, a one of our sister churches a Southern Baptist church named Providence Baptist Church step up and really make that location a, uh, a hub and the president actually during that time visited um, that church so it's very encouraging to see how God through a tragedy such as that tornado God certainly did a great miracle and lives were changed and folks were saved through that open your Bibles to the book of Numbers Numbers chapter 20 verses 1 through 13 we are looking at a, we're in the middle of a sermon series called Summer Jump 
not summer slump, it's summer jump. That's what that's where jumping into different themes. And today we're going to jump into trust. Trust is obviously very important. It's something we need to know. Uh, what it means to trust, you have to have trust all the time and everywhere you go. Uh, even you know, this coming Thursday is the Fourth of July, as you know. So it's a day we celebrate our nation's independence. And that involved a lot of trust, obviously, as a nation, because one of the things our country had to trust when the signers in the, the Second Continental Congress, when they declared their independence from Great Britain, they also knew what that meant. And what it meant was war. So they trusted that they would be able to fight off the, the uh, Brits and their soldiers, and their red soldiers, in freeing our nation because, you know, they were taxing us. Y'all remember your American history, and things were getting worse and worse. They're thinking, we're not going to go for this. We're just going to be our own nation. And that also meant war was right on the horizon, fighting against Great Britain. And we won that war. That's why we're a nation today. So obviously, with even with the Declaration of Independence, what we will celebrate on Thursday involves a great amount of trust. But we're going to see a story here about Moses. I want to give you some background information here. And pull out your bulletin insert as well. I want you to follow along with this because... Uh, I want to give you some uh, historical information of what kind of happened here with Moses and his trust that he had. Moses had three areas in his life, three time periods. His first 40 years, and he br- you can break them down into 40-year periods. His first 40 years, Moses was born in Egypt. He was a Hebrew. And at the time he was born, the Pharaoh was killing all the Hebrew little boys because they They were multiplying too quickly. So what happened was his mother put him in a basket and put him in the Nile River right next to the palace. And the little baby was crying and the little basket floated near the palace. And Pharaoh's daughter there, the princess, sees a little baby. And Pharaoh's daughter uh, or Pharaoh's caretaker was Moses' sister. So how convenient that Miriam sees this little baby floating in baskets. Says, oh, look, one of the Hebrew babies is right here. So the, um, the, um, the princess says, well, I'd like to see the baby. And so they realize little Moses is hungry. And conveniently, Miriam says, would you like for me to go find one of the nursing Hebrew um, mothers that can take care of this baby? And then the princess says, Absolutely, we need to take care of the baby. We pulled the baby from the water, the Nile River. So who do we go find? Jochebed, who's conveniently Moses' mother, ends up raising Moses. Just And God, of course, ordained all of that. <coughs> all of that. So Moses was then raised not in slavery. He was raised as a Hebrew in the palace there at Pharaoh, right there in Egypt. So he, his first 40 years were years of wealth. He received a great education. He received um, pretty much anything he wanted because he was right there in the palace there with Pharaoh. Well, what happened? Moses was known as being the most, God said he was the most humble man ever, but also he was an angry man. When he was 40 years old, Moses lost his temper, and he killed a man. He killed an Egyptian, and word got out, and he got away with it, he thought. But then he realized he had to flee for his life. So he runs out in the wilderness, in the middle of nowhere. And for 40 more years, he's raising animals. He's watching the sheep. He's just standing there under the stars. So he went from 40 years, and he's probably thinking, this is how I'm going to finish my life. 
just roaming around doing whatever. And that's when he got married, he had a family. Well, what happened then was when he was 80 years old, God called Moses out of a burning bush. And what happened was, he says, Moses, I have a plan for you. You're going to free my people. Well, the next 40 years, we know from 80 to 120, Moses, what he did was he went to Pharaoh, and we had 10 plagues, and the people leave. We cross the Red Sea, and for 40 years, they're wandering around in the wilderness all over Saudi Arabia and Jordan and southern Israel. They're just going all over the place. Really, they're just going around in circles is where they're going. Uh, was what they're doing for 40 years. So that's Moses' three periods. And this period we're about to read here, Numbers chapter 20, this is the very end of his third period. So he's about 119, 120 years old. But what happens here is Moses is leading these people, and the people he's leading are starting to gripe and to grumble, and they want some water. Well, previously there were two instances where God provided water to Moses. The first one was in, it's in your um, insert here, it's in Exodus chapter 15. And what happened was they go to this place named Merah, and they're, they're one around the desert, and they're thirsty. And there was a spring there. So they go and drink some of the water, but the water was bitter. And God told Moses, says, go cut down a tree and throw a tree into the water, and then the water will become good. So they cut down a tree, and they throw their tree into the water. And next thing you knew, a miracle occurred. The water was clean and good to drink. Then after that, what happened was two chapters later in Exodus chapter 17, another water challenge occurred. They were in Meribah. And what happened was now they're moving along two chapters later, and the folks there, the Israelites, they start to complain that there is no water. So God told Moses, says, you need to go and you go take your staff, the same staff that you held over the Nile River and God parted the Nile River. You go take your staff and you go strike this rock. And out of the rock, water will pour out. So he struck it one time and water came out and the people obviously got something to drink. Well... That was the beginning of Moses. That was right after they came out of Egypt. That was when he was like 80 or 81 years old. Nearly 40 years had gone by, and God had taken care of the Israelites with quail and manna. Every day he was supplying for them. So here they find themselves at the very end, and Moses is getting up there in age. And they're exact that exact same spot in Meribah, and there's no water. So something's going to happen here. And that's where we're going to pick up here in Numbers chapter 20. So pull out your Bibles, Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 through 13. It says here, The entire Israelite community entered the wilderness of Zin in the first month. The wilderness of Zin is in extreme southern Israel. There's nothing there. Desert. And they said settled in Kadesh. Miriam died and was buried there. Now what happened, remember, Miriam, this is Moses and Aaron's sister. Miriam is the one that pulled baby Moses out of the basket out of the Nile River. Miriam had been with them pretty much the whole time. She was also on up there in age, 
obviously. She had to be over 120 because she had to be old enough to pull Moses out of a basket. So she's probably 135 years old, and she's she passed away. So obviously Moses and Aaron are now grieving from this loss. And what's happening is God's going to set up this example of really disobedience we're going to see right here. So keep going here in your Bible. So Miriam, their sister, just died. There was no water for the community. So they assembled against Moses and Aaron. So now they're turning against Moses and Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had perished with our brothers who perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the Lord's assembly into this wilderness for us and our livestock to die here? Why have you led us up from Egypt to bring us out of this, to this evil place? It's not a place of grain, figs, vines, and pomegranates. And there's no water to drink. So what's happening is, one of the things what happens, if you've ever been around um, children and they get hungry, they also become angry. It's called hangry. So they're mad and they're starving. And that's a bad combination because things are going to go downhill very quickly. Well, we have hangry Israelites at this example. Here they are, and they're thinking, you know, I remember 40 years ago, back in the good old days while we were slaves in Egypt, and we had all this wonderful food, and things were great. We don't even have water out here, Moses. This is the most remote place in the world. We're hungry. When people get hungry, they get angry, and, and they get mad. It gets worse and worse and worse. And what's happening here is Moses is hearing this, and Remember, he's 120 years old. He's tired of, just tired of this stuff. So look what happens. Then Moses and Aaron, verse 6, went from the presence of the assembly to the doorway of the tent of meeting. They fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared before them. The Lord spoke to Moses. So here's his instructions. You've got upset folks. Take the staff. Now remember, this isn't any staff. This is the same staff 40 years we held above the Nile River and it parted, or Red Sea and it parted. Then after that, it's the same staff we hit a rock once and water comes out of the rock. God had done miracles. Same staff that when there were um, uh, venomous snakes, they, they held it up. And God, they would look at Moses and, and God would heal the folks. So the staff was able to God worked through this staff. So he says, take the staff and assemble the community. You and your brother Aaron are speak to the rock. Now look at this. He's there to speak to the rock while they watch. And it will yield its water. So God wants all the people to watch while they speak to this rock. Now this is the exact same rock that 40 years earlier we had already hit with our staff. Now we're going to talk to it. You will bring out water for them from the rock and provide drink for the community and their livestock. So Moses, now look at this. So very clear instructions what to do. So look what happens. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron summoned the assembly in front of the rock. So, so far, so good. We're supposed to be in front of the rock. We're gathering all these people in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, 
Listen, you rebels. Must we bring water out of this rock for you? That's not what God said. God didn't tell Moses to say that. God did not tell Moses to go call the people rebels. God did not tell Moses, say, do I need to bring water out of this rock to, to make you, to feed the animals and yourself so you're not so thirsty anymore? Moses was angry. He was mad. And he goes there and he, was, he lost his temper. He wasn't to call people rebels. He wasn't to remind them that he was the one. It says here, must we bring water out of this? Was Moses the one bringing the water out of the rock? No, God was. Moses didn't do miracles. It was God working through miracles. Moses is saying this sentence here in anger. He's forgetting that it's God who's chosen, who called Moses from a burning bush, who's performed all these miracles in Moses' life. And he's the one who's going to do this miracle that is about to occur. So look what happens here. We, Moses has already lost it right here. Verse 11. The sin continues. Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff so that abundant water gushed out in the community and the livestock drank. It says here, that Moses took his staff and he went and hit the rock. And it didn't work. The magic show didn't work the first swing. But probably at that point he's thinking, he probably remembered, I've disobeyed the Lord. Because this is naughty. I'm not even supposed to be. Moses wasn't even supposed to be hitting a rock. Remember what God told Moses to do. He said, Moses, you're to speak to this rock and water's going to pour out. And it's going to be a miracle and everyone's going to drink. And Moses is not doing that. He's hitting the rock. And the first swing, it didn't happen. Now, in Exodus chapter 17, last time he was at this rock, he swung one time the staff. He hit the rock, and it came out. This first swing didn't work. I want to tell you why I think he had to swing a second time. God raised up Moses. God wanted to supply the people water and take care of them. These were his chosen people. But also, he had to remind Moses... And let Moses know, Moses, you're disobeying me. You shouldn't even be swinging this staff. So he had to swing it. I'm sure after that first hit, nothing happened. He think, uh-oh. So he hits it again, and then water comes out. Moses probably thinks everything's okay. Moses has committed a sin of disobedience. He's disobeyed the Lord. He has not followed God's instruction. He was not to call people rebels. And he was not to tell the people that he was the one that's going to bring the water from the rock. So this is, this is an example that Moses is not trusting the Lord right here. And the Bible goes on to say, there's punishment. Verse 12. But the Lord said to Moses, so probably Moses goes back to his tent. Everybody gets their drink. Everybody's happy and full. They're no longer hangry and upset. And they're back to normal. And Moses probably think, well, I didn't really obey, but I guess Moses, God's, not, God's going to let it slide. But God then appears to Moses and Aaron. 
And he says, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me to demonstrate my holiness in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this assembly into the land I've given them. Meaning, Moses, there's going to be great consequences for your disobedience. Moses, you did not obey the Lord. And what this story reminds us and what it tells us is that in Moses' frustration, in Moses' anger, he just thought he could just, like he's always done 40 years ago, take his staff and hit the rock and it comes out. But he did not listen to the Lord. God was not interested. God didn't. God was not. God is not concerned about the how. The miracle comes from the obedience. God was looking for Moses and Aaron to obey him. And for this sin, for this disobedience, he's not allowed. Look at verse 13. These are the waters of Meribah where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and he demonstrated his holiness to them. That phrase there, demonstrated his holiness. Holiness means he's set apart for the Lord. What this means here is God in his holiness. All the miracles come from the Lord and come from obedience to the Lord. But Moses did not obey. And it was an attack on God's character. But the amazing thing is, the average Israelite there just sitting waiting for, the, waiting for water had no idea how disobedient Moses was. Because they didn't know. All they know is let's gather for a rock and Moses hit it two times and water came out just like 40 years ago when he hit it one time. He just took one more swing and he got it. And it was in total disobedience that he was doing this. He was supposed to be speaking to the rock. Now pull out your bulletin insert here. Because we see several characteristics. Because what happens to us? How do we find ourselves in a place, in a time that we do not trust the Lord? That we do not fully obey Him? Because there are several reasons we see in these scriptures that Moses did not obey God. First of all, we have to remember, he was grieving. Moses' sister, Miriam, had died. She had died. Do you know when you're grieving, when you're going through a loss, that's a dangerous time because you can find yourself where you don't trust the Lord. You can find yourself at a place where you could disobey. Because Moses here, um, he, him and Aaron, they just lost Miriam. And they're sad, obviously. She had been with them from the beginning. Number two, he was tired. I imagine if you're 120 years old and you've been wandering around the desert for 40 years, one-third of your life, you're just tired. And when you're tired, it's easy to snap. And it's easy to say, who cares about the details? Just God, just give us some water. If I speak or I hit it a couple times, it doesn't matter. But it did matter to God. The details matter to God. If God tells you to speak to a rock and you hit it, you've disobeyed. Even if you are tired. Number three. Moses was angry. He was mad at these people. Because here they are complaining. They have been complaining the entire time, thinking about the glory days of Egypt. In Egypt, they were slaves. It was miserable. They were crying out to the Lord. They forgot that. People forget the past. It's easy to remember. 
easy to forget how bad it used to be. Because your mind, it's been a long time, you forget about those emotions. You thought, well, it wasn't that bad. He was a good man. She was a good woman. Pharaoh wasn't that harsh with with us. And what happened is he had an anger problem, and he was angry with the people. He called them rebels. He attacked them. He reminded them, do I have to bring the water out? And number four, what we see here, he forgot to perform miracles. Moses doesn't perform miracles. He disobeyed God when he failed to follow God's command. He just assumed he was going to receive another miracle. Miracles and blessings come from God, not from us. And there were consequences from this. Listen to this. From Moses' disobedience, by Moses in this place called Meribah, by him just simply disobeying the Lord, it cost him the blessing of the promised land. Forty years this man had been wandering around talking about the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, how excited he was to get there. And they never made it. They never arrived. This is what happens. Something such as a what we would perceive as a minor sin Moses, what's, Moses probably thinking, God, what's the difference? Speak to a rock, hit a rock, either way, the water's coming from a rock. But it's following the instructions. God is in the details. God wants to see, Moses, are you obeying me? If we can't obey God on the little things, why will we obey him on, on great things? And what happened here? Like Moses, there's this temptation for us not to do God's work God's way. And this temptation is dangerous for us because it surrenders the blessing. If you're here and you're praying for healing and you're praying for God to move, you want God to bless your life, you want God to save your children, you're maybe praying for your grandchildren to give their life to Jesus, and you're praying and you're wondering, God, why, why am I not seeing answers to this prayer? And we're... Our lives are disobedient to him. He's saying, the reason I'm not answering your prayer, the reason I'm not blessing is you because you're not obeying me in everything else. Moses disobeyed God in a way that would lead him to forfeit the opportunity to go into the promised land. You know, this was probably the saddest day for Moses. He had been looking forward to seeing this land that he never entered. He had been hoping. He had been talking about it. And do you know the amazing thing about it? God was so angry at the Israelites for their complaining, their disobedience to the wilderness for 40 years. He actually killed off all of them except Joshua and Caleb. And the only way, reason Joshua and Caleb went into the promised land is because earlier in Numbers, chapter 12, they sent 12 spies. Twelve spies go spy out the land into the promised land. Ten of them come back and say, oh, we'll lose. They're giants. They're going to kill us. We can't take this land. There's no way. And and they spread sowed seeds of discouragement and negativity among the people. And Joshua and Caleb came back and said, let's do it. If God is with us, who can be against us? 
And what happened was, you know, when you have two positives and ten negatives, who are people typically going to listen to? They listen to the ten negatives. And then the rest of the, all the Israelites start griping and grumbling and became weak, the Bible says. They did not trust the Lord. Do you know God allowed all those people, that entire generation, to die in the wilderness? The place of a wilderness was a giant graveyard. Only Joshua and Caleb got to go in that promised land. Everyone else died. Even Moses died. And he was the leader. What God is telling us this morning and tying all this in together with trust. Our trust in the Lord determines our blessings in life. If we can trust God by obeying him, he blesses us. If you aren't seeing answers to prayer and experiencing the power of God in your life, and even our church in your spiritual life, you really have to stop and say, God, am I trusting you? Or is there little things, such as this little thing here with Moses, where God said, speak, and you swung, the, you swung that staff two times, and you didn't think it was a big deal, but it was a very big deal to God. It showed the Lord you disobeyed Him. This morning, I want you to ask yourself, says, Lord, am I like Moses, where I have forfeited my opportunity to go into the promised land. I'm going to invite Chris, I'm going to invite our band to come forward. We're going to have our invitation. While they come up here and get ready, I want you to think about this. Trust also involves our salvation with Jesus Christ. When we trust the Lord to be saved, we're telling the Lord, God, I'm surrendering my life. I'm giving my life for you. Salvation is when we say, I trust the Lord. If you have never trusted the Lord, if you've never given your life to Jesus, we don't, you don't want to miss an opportunity. Moses missed his opportunity at Meribah. It was gone. Jesus Christ is looking at us saying, this is a worship service. It's the dog days of summer. Some of you, maybe you need to be saved. Some of you need to make a decision to follow Jesus. We put this worship service on. Put all our worship services on here, Broadway Baptist Church, for you to know about Jesus. We come and proclaim and sing and to boldly proclaim the message of the gospel so you can respond to God. And Jesus Christ is saying, you can respond to me by placing your faith and coming to Jesus at the foot of the cross saying, Lord, I'm yours. I'm here to trust you. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to have our invitation. We close every service with an invitation. Chris and the band are going to lead us in our song. I'll be standing up front waiting for you to respond to the gospel. the darkness I called your name into darkness your mercy came you called me out lifted me up how great
great is your love for my weakness you took my shame carried my burdens in fields of grace you called me out lifted me step down to earth innocent perfection you gave your life for us and we are amazed and we stand in awe for we have been changed by the power of the cross how great how great how great is your love how great how great, how great is your love. How great, how great, how great is your love for us. In your kindness, you lead me home. In your You gave your life for us, and we are amazed. We stand in awe, for we have been changed by the power of the cross. How great, how great, how great is your love. How great, how great, how great is your love. God like you, a love so true, there has never been, there will never be, a God like you, a love so true, there has never been, there will never be, a God like you. Love so true, there's never been, there will never be a God like you. Love so true, there's never been, there will never be a God like you. Love so true. Great. 
so glad you joined us this morning here at Broadway. Uh, we're thankful that you chose to, to spend your time with us this morning. Uh, don't forget, uh, we will be back here this evening at 6 o'clock on our regular schedule. Um, again, this is uh, the week of July 4th, and so this Wednesday we will not have our regular evening activities, but we hope that you'll enjoy some time off with your family, and we will resume next week. So we hope you have a happy 4th of July, happy Independence Day, and uh, I'm going to introduce our Deacon of the Week, Richard Carroll. Uh, Richard also plays guitar for us back here, and he's going to pray for us as we be dismissed. Will you pray with me? Lord and gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you today, um, and we're so thankful that you gave us your Son to die on the cross for our sins. Wash us as we go through our week. Lead us as we go through the week here today. Um, we just thank you for everything you've given us and everything that you will do. Lift up our pastor. Lift up our church. Whatever you find us in today. Um, we just ask Jesus to be lifted up. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a good afternoon.